Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man. My name is Johnny Drury. I hope you Baggies fans have been enjoying your summer and I hope you've been enjoying our guest episodes in this close season. We've got three more to go starting with today and as has been the theme with our summer pods this time we recently sat down with ex-baggies graduate Tamika McCandaweary. Do you remember that name? Well he was part of the squad back in sort of the early 2000s turn of millennium. He was actually named in the squad in the 01-02 season under Gary Meggs and that memorable promotion campaign. Anyway didn't make an appearance for Albion uh, but went on to have a really solid uh, football league career, played for a number of clubs, including Millwall, Lake Orient, um, Hereford as well. I think he left Albion to go to Hereford. Now he lives in the US, finished his playing career over there, um, and then he works with NFL and NBA athletes in California. So he's got some really good stories uh, about his time at Albion and also what he's doing these days. Um, some also some great tales involving the likes of a documentary involving Neil Clement, um, actually writing to football clubs, including Albion, to try and get a chance in football. Um, and he also tells how he nearly made the, the dreaded move across the black country to Wolves. So tune in to listen to the, the whole pod, listen right to the very end to hear that story. Um, and after this, we've got two episodes left of the, the summer series before we kick off our new new season, new series. Um, so keep an eye out for those ones. We've got one drop in uh, next week. And then the final episode, which will be sort of in July, um, involves an Albion record transfer. Now, we haven't revealed this name, although some very obedient Albion uh, Baggies broadcast listeners will know who this person is going to be because there was a mention of it on our last podcast with Rob Davis. So if you're clued in, you'll know what's coming in the final episode of the series. Uh, thanks as always for your support with the Baggies broadcast, and we really appreciate it. We've had some great viewers, um, good viewer figures this summer. Uh, me and Coxie will be back with a normal podcast soon. Pre season, of course, started uh, a few days ago, or with actually yesterday, uh, just working out when we were actually recording this podcast, but it started yesterday for Albion. The players were back in. Uh, so we'll be bringing the, the podcast back. We just need Coxie to get back off uh, one of his latest globe-trotting holidays first and we'll get cracking with those. Anyway, here is episode five of the summer series when the Baggies broadcast met Tamika McCandawiri. Tamika, welcome to the, the Baggies broadcast. Thanks very much for your time. We are just talking off air there. It's uh, about 4.15 in the morning in the US where you are. So uh, thanks for your time at this ungodly hour. How's things? How's life? Uh, things are good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um... I'm usually up around five, so it's not it's not too uh, too far from my usual um, waking up time. Um, good stuff. But yeah, always, always a pleasure, pleasure to talk about uh, football. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, well, as we said, thanks very much for your time. And with these episodes, we've had a few already now um, where we're talking to former Albion sort of stars, academy graduates who came through at the Hawthorne. So as we always do, we're going to go right back to the very start. Um, and just from from my research, could be a bit ropey, but your sort of the start of your sort of journey, start of your life really I'm sure has got a very sort of interesting tale to it I believe born in Malawi and then grew up in sort of Worcestershire rugby area I believe um Tamika yeah um so I was born in Malawi in, in a, um, a city called Mzuzu um my my dad's from there also uh, my mum met my dad out there um she was a VS right there so she was voluntary um services like teaching in a small village and then they got married had me and my brother um i was actually one when we moved to england my brother was is older he, he was three um raised in rugby which is is in warwickshire um a very small small town closest city is coventry and then the next one on is birmingham um so yeah 
didn't have a, a, a big club where I was raised, but just loved football from um, quite an early age, not, not too early. I didn't really start playing competitively till 10, till I was 10. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. And then obviously with, with Coventry and Villa and, and West Brom and Birmingham down the road, um, you know, had, had a, kept a close eye on, on, you know, Midlands football. Good stuff. Albion fans will be screaming at this. I just said rugby was in Worcestershire, but of course it's in Warwickshire. Uh, that's just the, <laughs> yeah, the I wrong. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to the, say it. the wrong W on me. Uh, on me notes. On me notes. Yeah, it's been uh, already midway through the week, but it's been a long week already. Um, just with, with football, you said there was it just playing sort of recreational, playing for sort of clubs and schools. When when did you sort of? Oh well, as well. When did you realise you had a bit of a talent? Um, that's a great question. I I was kind of I feel like I was kind of late to the game to be honest. I um, started playing Sunday League, like I said, around 10. I was playing up to that point, cricket, rugby, gymnastics, um, uh, like a multitude of sports. And I just got invited by one of my schoolmates to play to play in his dad's team. So literally the next day I went training and uh, the day after they had a game. And, you know, that was pretty much it in terms of how I started. And um, I just loved it. Like I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, we played. There's obviously a, a quite a few teams in the area, and all the all the lads who went to school, all my friends, we played. We didn't always play on the same. We didn't all play on the same team. We all played on different teams. So, you know, if you if you'd won on the Sunday, going in on the Monday, you got bragging rights, and you know that kind of um, you know you you know wanting to win all the time, and you know kind of not wanting to go to school if you'd lost because you didn't want to really see your mates and have them uh, you know lording it over you. Um, so yeah, just the, the passion was always there, and then what actually kind of sparked my my real interest in in football and and wanting to to be a professional was I watched there was a, a, a documentary on uh, Channel Four back then, um, and um, I can't remember what it was called Football Dreams, and it was actually about Chelsea, and it just was an insight into being a YT, which is what it was called back then, and it followed the the journey of like Jody Morris and. Neil Clement, um, like I'm sure my age here, obviously Neil Clement then, you know, kind of played with him at West Brom. So that was yeah, a yeah. little bit surreal. Um, and uh, the manager at the time then was Graham Rick for Chelsea. And there, there's a few faces on there that also also kind of made a career out of the game. So I watched that and I was just in awe of this, this uh, you know, you know, just being being a professional football player. I just thought, wow, that seems like the, the best thing you could ever do. And um, that was what really got me thinking about, OK, well, am I... Am I good enough to do that? You know, should I try and do that? How do I even go about this? Because being from a small town, it was, you know, I thought, you know, it was very difficult to, to kind of get seen. Um, and while a couple of my friends in the neck, you know, had been, you know, had been uh, in the School of Excellence at Coventry and Northampton, um, you know, I just I just kind of thought, wow, this kind of seemed very hard if, if I don't actually actively go and go and search for this myself. So it was, you know, as is the case with a lot of the guests we've had on and, and sort of stories I've listened to on other podcasts, it's a case of, you know, coaches for the, lo- the the most local big clubs will pick up on your talent. But it sounds like you sort of, it was sort of roles reverse. You went and sort of sort that out yourself. How did how, how did that work? Um, well, I was playing for my county and um, obviously my school and my uh, various teams. I was playing for my Sunday league, obviously my club team. Um any kind of football I could get, any kind of exposure. I played for a couple of men's teams on a Thursday night, and I was doing well in all of them. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I thought 
I kind of felt I was good enough, but I didn't know. Um, I had no kind of a, um, awareness of what the next level looked like or um, or anything like that. I was never kind of chosen early on to go to any of the School of Excellences. And I remember not making a couple of uh, like select teams for, for Warwickshire and being like really upset. Um, just thinking like, how how's he got on the team and I haven't, I'm better than him. And those kind of, you know, setbacks. So I just decided to just write some letters off to, to, the, to various clubs in the Midlands. So it was, I remember being... Um, like uh, Forest, uh, Blues, West Brom, um, Wolves, uh, Coventry, who else? Um, but every, pretty much everyone in 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 the Midlands. Uh, yeah, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, that, I think that's pretty much it. There's, I think there's a couple more, couple couple of more teams. Um, so I just wrote these letters and. You know, kind of actually kind of uh, forgot about them and I got kind of various letters through over the next kind of month back saying, oh, our, our academy is full right now. Definitely got them from Forest saying our academy is full. Thanks for your letter, blah, blah, blah. Um, no spaces at this time. Definitely got them from, I think, Leicester coming back saying exactly the same thing. Um, you know, no spaces in the academy at this time. Thank you for your letter, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear anything from, did from Blue? I've probably got them somewhere in, probably in my mum's attic at home. Um, <laughs> But I didn't hear anything from Albion, interestingly. And then probably about three weeks, three, four weeks later, we had a game. And it was a, like, it was a big game for us. Uh, <laughs> as um, I was 15 by this point. So, you know, I knew a lot of lads were involved with clubs. There was a, a, a kid I played with who was at Northampton Town and he'd, uh, sorry, Grimsby, and he'd been given a YT. Uh, so I knew it was coming up to that time where, you know, I felt it was kind of like the make or break. You're either getting now or it's kind of probably going to be too late for you. And when we played this game, um, it was against our local rival. There's a team I'd previously left. And um, the referee didn't turn up. Um, and uh, I was like, ah, oh, let's just leave it. Like, I don't want to play a friendly. Like, I want, you know, I wanted something on the line. I wanted to, to win. I wanted, like, the three points or to go through to the final or whatever it was. And I remember my coach was, like, really... Like, no, 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 you know, you need to play. Like, we're, we're going to play the game, you know, whether the referee's here or not. And I was like, ah, oh, this is rubbish. Like, let's, let's just, like, wait till the, till the referee comes next week or something like that. Because I just wanted to, like, we'd beat them, like, officially. In my mind, it didn't count if it was friendly. Yeah. So he was very, like, um, you know, making sure that oh, my head was right and I was playing. I was just like, oh, what are you talking about? And then, obviously, it turned out there was a West Brom scout at the game. Um, and then we won the game eventually. I started playing the game. I was like more of an attacking player back then. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. I remember the scout's name, I think it was Graham Bradbury. And played the game. I did okay. He came up to me afterwards and just said, oh, I'm from West Brom. Uh, we'd like to come training um, on Tuesday night and Thursday night next week. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was just like ecstatic, you know. Couldn't, couldn't be happy. I was like, wow. Um, someone's actually come to watch and you know being from a small town it just it was just like amazing um, but then obviously the next you know that was just the start of the journey that was just the, that was just literally the start of the journey yeah how old were you at this time to make and what sort of year would, it, would this have been sort of turn of the millennium that sort of time would it or a little bit earlier uh, no this would have been gosh it probably would have been in the 90s you know yeah. um, so what Albion's manager at the time I think was Dennis Smith. Okay. Uh, it was Dennis Smith and uh, his assistant, I think, was uh, that was my Yeah, it was Dennis Smith. 
Dennis Smith was a manager at the time. Um, so I don't know the exact year. Like late 90s? Yeah, 97, 98, something. I imagine around that, yeah, around about that time. Yeah. So how old are you? You would have been sort of yeah, 15, it. 16 at this time, would you? 15, 16, exactly. Yeah. So how did that how did that mm-hmm. go sort of going into to West Brom? Was it sort of, were you there as a schoolboy on schoolboy forms or was it sort of coming towards YT time or...? Yeah, it was coming towards YT time. I think I had like the like, like you know, it felt like the longest trial ever. Um, I remember going on the Tuesday, and um, my mum drove me. It's like about an, it's a good hour on a Tuesday from from rugby to, to Birmingham. Can't remember where they used to train on a on an Astro turf, and um, yeah, just the level was and the level I felt was like such a step up. Um, I was playing as I said, I was more of an attacking player. I was playing in midfield. And just the way the, the the players were just receiving the ball and just, you know, everything that I'd not been taught, like checking their shoulder, like the way they were manip- manipulating the ball. And we played this. There was about, like, 40 kids there. 40 kids just, you know, obviously probably about 10 to, probably about 15 of them were signed on schoolboy forms. Um, and then there was another, you know, loads of kids there all trying out. Um and uh, so we've done a warm up, uh, we've played a game, um, and I'm starting in centre mid. And uh, the le- like, it was I felt it was so fast, honestly, Johnny. Like I, I was like blown away by how yeah. different and how much better they were, and just their just the uh, spatial awareness, how technical they were. Um, and I was like, wow, this is going to be like a stretch for me to get in here. Um, just like immediately, like oh, basically like. Part of my friends were like, oh shit, I was struggling here. Um, and um, literally got to half time, and one of the centre backs got injured. I remember Rich O'Kelly. I think Rich O'Kelly was Rich O'Kelly. Because Rich O'Kelly and John Truitt were there, who were the, the youth academy, like the, why, the coaches at that point. And one of them was going, oh, can anyone play centre back? And I remember, I remember telling my friends um, about the trial, and they're like, don't play defensive, go and play like as a striker. Don't like, don't go and play at the back if they ask you to. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then obviously I was like playing midfield and it was just lost. And then so they've obviously asked you can play centre back. So I was like, yeah, I can play centre back. So um, obviously dropped into the back and I was big and I was strong. You know, I was quick. Um, you know, pretty physical. So I was I was an athlete basically. I was, raw, I was pretty raw, but I was an athlete. Um, and then yeah, that was that was it. Probably the best decision I've, I've ever made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To drop back into into centre back, um, and then from then on it was um, just game after game and session after session, and just you know always just you know that journey of okay, am I going to get signed this week? Okay, no, it's another game, it's another session. Um, like you know, obviously like loving loving the process, um, and it got right down to I think it was the last game of the season. By this point, I'd um, been playing for the youth team because they need they it was again it's timing and and an element of luck, the youth team, I think the under-18s needed a centre-back. They were short. I'm not sure what had happened. I think they had a couple of lads go to, go to the first team. Like They had the Twins were in the team at that time a little bit. The Chambers, the Chambers Twins, twins. Really, yeah. Yeah, and there's a couple of other lads who were around it. Um, I think, you know, who else was there at the time? Um, so, yeah, it was, like, long story short, I'd get asked to play the... I remember my first youth team game, actual youth team game was Preston away. So I got on the train, got on the bus, got on the train to West Brom, 
got on the bus with all the lads that I'd never really met before because I hadn't really trained with the youth team at that time. And I, I got there and I'm starting. I'm like, oh shit, um, <laughs> let's, let's see what happens, you know. Um, and I did all right. Like I just competed and, and did all right. And kind of, I guess, over the next year, proved that I could play at that level. And I was only 15 at that time. Um, and at that time, it was the ones coming through were like me, Josh Perry, Russ Adams, who was like unbelievable at that age, like so mature as a player. I don't know if you remember him um, as a centre midfielder. He'd been there for a while. A um, couple of other lads. Uh, Lloyd Lloyd Dyer hadn't come onto the scene at that point yet because he was a schoolboy. I think he came in the next in the next year. Um, but yeah, from that, then we played Warsaw. I think the last game of the season, and I literally had to ask. I was like, you know, am I getting a YT? Because I had at that point probably had no other option because I'd just been training yeah. and playing and training and playing. I'm not really knowing, to be honest, the football, like how it really worked in, in football, kind of being quite naive, I guess. Um, I remember asking John and Rich, um, I, was hope, I was hoping for a decision today because um, there was only, I think there was, a, I think there was six or seven YTs had given out six. And I think it was like pretty standard to give out seven, like yeah. eight would be like kind of an anomaly. So there's like one roster, one, one, sorry, roster, that's, that's me living in America, same roster. Um, <laughs> um, they just give, they just signed a lad from Sunderland after that game. He'd come down to play in the game um, and uh, they'd signed him. But like they literally just said, yeah, we've been offered you a whitey. Come into the dressing room, gone, yeah, I've gone, got offered a whitey. And I'm thinking I'm not going to get one. And then after the game, right, I just had to say like, oh, John, I'm, I'm again, I was hoping for a decision today. And they like, I remember him and Rich O'Kelly like literally walking about 10 yards away from me and just like turning their backs and having a conversation like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, they're not, they weren't really sure. And I was just like waiting there thinking, oh my gosh. Um, and then I've come back and I've gone, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we decided we'd like you to give you. And I was like, oh, cheers. <laughs> thanks. Um, as quick as that. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, thanks. Um, but that was like literally a year of like Johnny nonstop. Tuesday, Thursday night, my mum dropping me off every, like, it was like six o'clock. I didn't get back till like 10 o'clock, you know, games on a Saturday for the, um, for the 16s then playing, sorry, games on a Saturday for the youth team at Lillyshaw, then games on a Sunday sometimes for the 16s and then like games midweek. Like it was, it was a big, like when I look back and think about how much traveling, you know, how much commitment it took from my mum to just drive and and you know get me there um it was, it was a big year to be honest um it was a long year but obviously worth it um so yeah that was that was my my way in um not not probably uh too dissimilar from a lot a lot of players who kind of find their way yeah with that so is that two-year yts that you have or just one year or so then i think our year was the first year they did the the, the scholarship so it was two year yeah. Two-year two YTS, it's three-year YTS, three-year, uh, three-year scholarship it was called. Yeah. So it's like... So you're uh, on that, are you doing yeah, all the sort of, you know, the jobs around the, the club and having to sort of clean boots and all stuff like that? Or what? what how, how does your sort of... What, what's the life of a YT at West Brom back then sort of like? I think the our year, again, because the scholarship changed... Um, we were the first year where we weren't allowed to do jobs or we didn't have to do jobs. Oh, really? So, yeah, all the nightmare stories of cleaning boots and changing rooms and 
and that that kind of stuff. We didn't really have to do that. I think um, we we had to prepare the first team's gear for training every day. So we had we did have jobs. Um, so it would be like put the you know, take the goals out, put the nets out, take all the equipment out, clean the balls afterwards. Um, obviously, you make sure that the change room's not a mess, but we didn't have to like clean the stadium or stay behind and wait for the opposition to leave. Um, so at that point, you know, we we're quite lucky. We didn't have to, to do much. I think we didn't do clean boots. I don't think we clean boots either. We didn't. We didn't have to clean boots. They had the kit man did it. So yeah, we were pretty, we were pretty lucky to be honest. Because I'd heard the, the stories from before, and I was like, ah, <laughs> that sounds like it's a <laughs> um, doesn't sound too great. But yeah, so we that was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good yeah. to be honest. We in, trained in, in and around morning, that. college part time. With, yeah. with the first, so are you sort of in and around the first team quite quite a lot then after signing that YT. You sort of rubbing shoulders with the first team since sort of late nineties and in that time. Uh, not not when I initially first started. I think when I first started, there were some lads who were around the first team, or in and out. They had like Mark Briggs. I don't know if you remember Briggsy. Yeah. Um, uh, he was kind of in and out. Matt Collins was in and around it. Um, Justin Richards was. He was obviously the, the twins' age. They I think they had just turned pro or been pro for a couple of years. So they were they were kind of our connection, and the twins were kind of our connection to the first team and. Um, we would all train at the same place, uh, Aston University. Um, so we'd all be in the same building, and and then you'd obviously see them, um, you know, training, and you'd be getting changed in the, like not the same place, but you know, in the same building. We'd be training like a couple of pitches away, but I, certainly I wasn't brushing shoulders with the first team at that point. On in terms of getting on the getting on the pitch, um, I was just kind of. At that point, I'm happy to be there. Like, okay, I'm just going to learn as much as I can. Um, you know, work work my socks off. Um, so yeah, it was, I certainly wasn't. But there were a couple couple of the older lads who were uh, Ross Adams, who I mentioned, was kind of around the not around the first team, but he was like playing. He was he was always the one, pretty much. He would go over to the first team if they needed a, a number. If it was anyone from kind of our age. Um, I think he was. The, I think he was one of the youngest players to play reserves at West Brom. Um, I think he was like 15 and starting in the reserves. So he was very highly thought of at that point. Um, very good player. Um, but it wasn't until I was in my second year where things kind of kind of really took off for me at West Brom. Um, when he came in, yeah. Well, actually, no. It was when it was when uh, was it my second year? That was my second year. I think when Gary Megson came in, basically, because it was Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith got fired, Brian Little came in, That's it, John yeah. Gorman, uh, John Gorman, great coach, um, I've met since, um, great coach, I remember training with the first team probably once when he was there, um, and then when, when Megson came in, I think I signed my first, my, my contract there, uh, I can't remember what year that was, but when we went up to the Premiership, uh, that was my first year as a pro, and um, yeah, that was when I started to to train with the first team and um, travel um, and you know kind of get a taste of what it was really like to play in the first, not to play, but to you know kind of get to see what it was really like in the first team and how it was to train with the first team kind of day in and day out. 
Um, yeah. So Did Gary Merkson take a liking to you then? Because if he offered you a professional contract, he must have seen something something in you at that time. Um, it's a strange one because I'm not sure he was too keen on youth players, to be honest. I don't think he really um, honestly kind of liked many of us. Um, I think I had a reputation as one of the best in the youth team. So there's always, you know, I think he probably went on what other people said. I think Frank Burroughs was there at the time. I think he liked me. I spoke I, I spoke with Frank quite a lot and he used to come over and talk to us and, you know, tell us what we need to do. And, you know, so he was he was probably the one and with the the guidance of the the youth coaches at the at the time, um, who kind of kind of probably picked the players who got pro. So it was me, Lloydie and uh Russ Adams, who got pro from our year. But yeah, I'm not too sure what makes him thought. I know he's spoken to me a few times previously, but just in passing. And then we played, I think we played Wolves as a 17, when I was 17, so it was my second year. Uh, we played Wolves on uh, Molyneux when it was when I was 17 and uh, in a reserve game. They had a really strong squad. So they had, uh, what's his name? The striker, Tall, I think he's a Norwegian striker. Um, they had a they had a, a, a real strong lineup, like and you know looking at the team sheet, you're like wow, this is a this is going to be like a test for me. Um, but anyway, and we had quite a young team out, and I remember me and I played really well, um, like won all my headers, defended, like was you know communicating well, kind of decent on the ball. I remember coming off thinking, yeah, that's that's a good game for me. I've kind of not put a marker down, but in my head I was like, yeah, I can I can compete. Do you know what I mean? It just it gave me a lot of confidence. Um, and then the next day, I remember Mason pulled myself and Matt Collins into his office. It was like me and I think John Truitt come to come to the change room. Was like Tam, Matt, like Gaffer wants to see you. And we were like, oh shit, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> Are we getting released? Um, then we just kind of sat down um, and he's kind of said to us, uh, you know, you guys were, you know, very good last night, fantastic last night. Um, you guys are the future of the football club. So like obviously hearing that, I'm like, like flipping yeah. that. That's like unreal. Um, like that's great. Like just what you know you wanted to hear, and you know from that point you're thinking, oh great. Like I'm I'm on his radar, and you know hopefully if everything goes well, then you know oh you're thinking you'll you'll be a you know we'll get your opportunity. You know you'll you'll be around it, and you could probably you know make an appearance in the next couple of, couple of years if you're lucky. Um, so yeah, that was when I was 17, and then I remember being in the squad, the first team squad, um, for a game against Fulham. Um, it was a New Year's Day game, and the the I was playing in the races at the time, and I think we just played Burnley away, and then obviously the squad goes up, and there's like rumours, you know, people are going, oh, you could be in the squad, you know, it's that kind of environment where it's like you play well, it's like, oh, you could be in the squad. You know, you could travel because a couple of the old lads were traveling. Like Briggsy was traveling sometimes. Um, so the squad goes up and I'm in it. I'm in the squad. I kind of like not knowing what to do because it's Friday and I had no idea. I'm in the squad. I've got like none of my gear ready to travel because no one said anything. So I've had to like shoot back to rugby like an hour back, get my suit, pack my bag, shoot back, get on the bus. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of traveled down to Fulham. I stay actually was in a room with actually Neil Clements. Um, he was obviously, you know, on that Chelsea video yeah. that kind of, you know, started me off. So it was kind of like I spoke to him about the show and kind of 
um you know a couple of things about it so yeah that was that was really interesting um and obviously I was asking him about players at Chelsea he's telling me about uh, Viali and um all these other players so yeah it was just again it was a great it was a great time um but then I think I think for that game um the game actually got called off the next day um so I think you know it was a great experience for me and I thought oh, I could make the bench here I think there was I think it was um I think I was meant to be on the bench for that game, and then obviously it gets called off. So, <laughs> yeah, was that in the pro- was that in the promotion uh, so, season? You were saying the promotion season to the Premier League, or without being in the Premier League? I think no, that was in that was in the promotions season. Yeah. So, um, was it promotion season? I don't think it was. Yeah. I think it was before that. I think it made, my had just came. In. I can't remember. Was he there two years before we went up, or was he just one? Just uh, one and a half, one and a bit, I think Megson was was around. He came in sort of midway through the one season, kept Alvian up, yeah. and then. So I think that could have been there. In, when you were in that squad, you know, when you first went in there, you know, you say your first year as yeah. a pro would have been that promotion or around that promotion season. Was there any sort of senior players that sort of put their arm around you or helped you in in particular? Because I know Megson like to build sort of experienced squads. I'm sure there's quite a lot of experienced pros in that in that dressing room. Uh, I think I think it's a long time ago. Um, they were all great, to be honest. There was no one who who was like an idiot. There was no kind of like hazing or, you know, you know, in the old days it would have been like make me a cup of tea or you know go and do this. Um, no one was like that. Uh, Jason Roberts was great, like, um, you know, because Cyril was still was actually my agent. Um, so Jason Roberts was great. Seems to be a running theme on our uh, guest episodes in the last few weeks. Everyone needs oh, yeah. to say that Sir Regis was their was their agent. He, we seem to be ticking off oh, a lot really? of his former clients. What was it? What was he like to <laughs> What was he like to sort of to deal with? We had I think we we had Darren Carter on last year, and he, and he was his agent was uh, was Cyril as well. From from your point of view, I'm guessing as an Albion legend, you can't really have too many more better qualified people to be your agent if you're at, if you're at the Albion. Yeah, it was great. You know, he just—he was just a, like I said, he's a legend, like a huge man, and um, just you know, just what he's been through as a player, as as, as a, one of the first black players, and um, to be as successful as he as he as he as he is, and uh, just a nice, super nice guy. Um, you know, I had a lot of conversations with him um, about you know not just football, just everything. You know, you could call him about anything um, um, and just talk to him. So. Yeah, can't can't say enough nice words about him. Legend, but also, you know, didn't, you know, he didn't make you feel, didn't look down on you at all, you know, which he easily could have. Um, just wanted to help out and and guide you along along your path, which which he did. Yeah, and in that um, you had that promotion season then. So were you in and around the squad for that whole whole season? You know, it was a special season that Albion fans, you know, still remember mm-hmm. today. But you must have been up sort of at close quarters, despite not playing, but you must have been around it at the time and, and sort of probably got some special memories from back then. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, it was great. It was a great season. Um, so yeah, I can't remember my first game was, but yeah, we, I was, I was training pretty much every day with the first team. It kind of came, it wasn't, it wasn't from the start of the season. I think I'd, we played in, we were playing in Premier, Premier League reserves then also. So the teams that we used to get every, you know, we we're playing like Man United away at Old Trafford and, you know, Liverpool and Everton and um, 
So we played against some like really good players. Again, he gets team sheet, and you know I remember playing against Rooney just after he scored that goal at Arsenal when he when he when he had his uh, on his debut. So like you're getting you're playing against some like serious players like Mark Viduka and uh, Robbie Fowler, and so again it's like it's exciting times because you're seeing these people on TV as a kid, and you're like, wow, like I'm playing against him now. And I remember just doing like being very consistent, um, you know, just solid performances. I was playing on the left of a three. And I'm right-footed and kind of my left, I'm practicing my left foot a lot and trying to get it to a, a stage, you know, a place where I could hit a couple of balls. I knew if I was on my left, I could hit a couple of balls that were decent. Um, and I think, I, and I remember Frank Burrows watching me pra- practice, I think probably with Lloydie, um, just like hitting balls and stuff. And he used to come and help us and, and talk to us. And then, um, yeah, I just started training with the first team, um, then traveling and, um yeah, it was it was really good. I went to Middlesbrough, uh Birmingham City. Where else did we go? Um I can't remember where we went. I've got all I've got all the, the programs from where I went, but yeah, just yeah, it was incredible. And I felt like I was kind of I was so close to it, I thought, um, you know, I'm like one of the one of these days I'm gonna, you know, get on the bench and then, you know, obviously they it's like you're gonna get get a taste of Premier League football. Um, and it all kind of, it all kind of came to a kind of an abrupt end. I'd I'd been playing regularly in the in the in the resis, and then it was pretty much in every squad for a good like three, three probably like felt like three a good three months, a good like four three four months in training and and all that, and I was doing well. Uh, certainly wasn't playing badly, and I felt like I needed you know. I needed that next challenge. I felt like I, I, I was, you know, I needed the taste. I needed to get the taste to kind of keep me, you know, to like keep my development going up. Because I was 20, I, was 20 I, wasn't, I wasn't young at the time. You know, I was probably like 20, you know, not compared to these days. I was 20, 21. Obviously, centre-backs are, are generally older when you make your first appearance. Um, and, um, yeah, it just kind of just stopped. Like one, one day the squad went up. Oh, that was it. Um, the squad went to Marbella. That was it. It was a mid-international break. Squad went to Marbella, and I didn't go. Uh, and I remember being like, "Oh, why am I not going?" Um, and just kind of back training with the the second, like with the reserves. Um, and uh, then they came back, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll go back in now. I'll like go back to the squad and whatever. Never happened. Um, and that was a that was a big blow for me to be honest. That was like, you know, I haven't you know done anything. Um, I wasn't playing badly. There was no kind of explanation. There was no like, you know, Tam, you've done well. We're just gonna go with the more senior players now. Like blah blah blah. You know, it wasn't like I'd had a chance. You know, on the I got made an appearance and done terrible. Instead of gone, oh, it's not ready yet. We're gonna put him back. Do you know what I mean? It was just like from like going from up here to like down here with like no explanation, um, which was really tough for me to take. Um, and then I think we obviously, I, I, then again, I wasn't involved for the first team until again, literally again. That was like probably about a couple months before the end of the season. We got relegated. I remember Cyril going in to speak to Frank and the gaffer and saying like, what's what happened? What's going on? And Cyril just come back and said to me, um, I'll get his chance now. We'll get his chance in the championship. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, at least that's, that's something for me to kind of 
um, aim for. So go back. Um, we're in a championship. I literally never, I literally never, you know, touched that first team training training pitch again. Um, and then I went again. We st- I think we're still in the Premier League reserves. So again, I was playing second in in reserves. Um, but again, it was like the reserve team football was very. It was good for like that first year, but then it just felt like. I need, I need more. Like I need more. Yeah. I'm kind of felt like I was plateau, you know, on a plateau. Like I'd gone up, like you know, pretty steep curve. Like got better, 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 and learned and learned and learned. And now I'm like, I need like first team football. I can't play reserve team. There's only so long you can play reserve team football and learn. I felt, um, and um, then that's when I went on loan to Hereford because uh, Richard Kelly was there. They needed a centre back, um, and. Um, yeah, went on to Hereford and then again did well there. Uh, came back um, to West Brom and then ended up signing for Hereford at the end of that year. Um, just I just remember being really frustrated that second year. It was because my first year pro was like amazing. I probably couldn't ask for much more apart from an appearance or you know a chance with the first team to play. Um, and then the second year was just like it was like chalk and cheese. You know, you, you're training with the first team and travelling, and then you, you, you're not even involved at all. You don't even train with the first team. Um, you go on loan to get some experience, which they say you need, and then, you know, albeit non-league, but still experience, um, and then come back and just nothing. Um, and then ended up leaving at the end of that year. Um, you know, which, and then I think Gary Megson got fired probably about six months into that next season. Yeah. Um, should I stay? I should have stayed, or because I remember having a contract of um, uh, two year, two year pro, one year option, and I remember just thinking like, oh, I'm not going to play here. I need to go. I need to go and show them like what I'm worth. You know, I didn't feel like I was valued. Um, Do you feel like you're a little so bit went, sort of, you know, I know players listening to players interviews all the time. They they, they would rather manage sort of be honest and truthful. Do you feel like? Sort of, you mentioned there, Frank Burrow said you'll get your chance, and obviously that's probably come from Gary Megson. Did you feel like, and yeah. then you obviously weren't given your chance? Would you rather them just say, look, he's probably not going to get his chance here. It's probably best that he moves on. Would you rather them said that than sort of hang around for another year and and hold on to that possibility of getting a chance? Um, yeah, I think you definitely you always want honesty. Like, there's no there's no time you don't want to hear like want you coach. You know, to be honest about your, your chances, I think it was um, it was a difficult time because uh, I think Frank genuinely liked me, and I, I'm not sure if Gary Mason liked me too much. To be honest, um, um, I think he was probably in two minds about me. Um, but having spoken to C and Frank myself, I knew I knew Frank liked me. Um, but I think at that point he had he had just had a couple of I think he had heart surgery. I think he had a couple of operations and I don't think he was in the best shape and he wasn't around as much. Um I think um yeah, honesty is always best. I think I, the thing is I felt like I could I could I deserved the chance. I'd worked hard for it. I'm not saying I was ready to kind of go in and start, but I definitely felt I was I was at that level and with, you know, once you know, you can kind of, and if you look, kind of the year after, there's a couple of couple of players who had made appearances for the first team in the championship who, who um, 
I think Lloyd Dyer played Lloyd that played, following season. Would have played yeah, that following Lloyd, season. Yeah, Lloyd, yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd played. Um, I think um, he was unbelievable. By the way, like fully deserved his chance, and he was always um, like gonna make his, his appearances because you know he's so fast and uh, such a such a positive effect on a game. Um, so Lloyd did great for himself. Um, but yeah, I just felt I deserved the chance. I'm, I'm not sure if if if. That those words really came from Gary Megson, to be honest. I don't, I'm not sure if he was really that um, that keen on me. Um, mm. But yeah, um, I just felt like I, I wasn't valued, and I, I wanted to go and you know make my name. Um, so yeah, I ended up leaving and um, went to Hereford, and that was that was really when I started building kind of you know my reputation as you know as it is as kind of people would would know me at those clubs now. Um, but yeah, I always, I honestly, you always do think, oh, what would happen if you just you stayed and stuck it out a little bit? And um, but again, I wasn't young; I was like 21, 22, and it was like, uh, I don't know. I just felt at the time it was the right decision, and you know, when you look back and think, uh, possibly should have, should have stayed. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fascinating story. You, you you had a couple of loan spells, I think, at Hereford, and then you went to Hereford. Am I right? This might be off the mark, but I, with Hereford at that time, possibly Graham Turner was a manager, and John. I know he had John Troot with him a lot. Was, was that the link to Hereford? Is that how you, I know you mentioned there he was your youth coach at Albion. Yeah, it was. It was actually Richard Kelly who was also my youth coach at that okay. point. Um, he was with Graham Turner. Um, John Troot went after Rich left, so uh, the first contact was Rich Richard Kelly at Hereford, and then. We had there's a couple of players who'd been down there from West Brom, so yeah, it was it was kind of a, I think quite a well-trodden path from players from from certainly the Midlands area to to go to Hereford. Yeah, and that was sort of the obviously not the Hereford that the, that's there now, but you played over uh, over a hundred times for Hereford, then you went to Leighton Orient, played over a hundred times there, over fifty appearances at Millwall as well. So it, by that time, it, your decision to to, to leave Albion is almost vindicated, really, to turn down that offer of, a, of another deal, whether you might not have played, you know, by this time, a few years later, you'd played sort of two, three hundred games. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough one because, you know, you certainly, I certainly had to work a lot, you know, you're talking about six, six, seven years before I got back to the championship, um, back to that level and being around that, you know, that standard so you know I, I never doubt myself I always back myself like 100% um, and I knew I, I was good enough I just knew I had to prove it you know I wasn't the you know if you look at the defenders back at that time you're looking at like Darren Moore who's like an absolute unit um, you know 6-3 you know you know he's like a wardrobe um, you know Larry Sigurdsson you know you're talking like big men and me like looking as at them as a, a young pro thinking, gosh, these guys are like real men, yeah. you know? And then um, look at myself who I'm, I'm like six, one slash just about six, one, one and a half feet. Um, that just about six, one, um, probably very skinny at the time or quite skinny at the time. Um, you just look at the, the typical build of a defender back then. They're, they're, they're massive. Um, so I think, that, and I think that probably had a lot to do with, why I didn't get an opportunity and why a lot of teams passed on me because um, I'm not the biggest. I wasn't the biggest, but I felt like I made up for that with, you know, with with other areas of my game. I felt like my all-round game was very good, um, but that initial thing of you know that presence of like someone who's six four, like I say, like a Darren Moore, he go immediately go wow, he's a big dude, like he's a big guy, like he's you know you know that just initial 
first look, you know, I, I probably didn't have that at that point. Um, so I can see why um, these things happened. And, you know, as a defender of that era, certainly most defenders were, 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 were a lot bigger than I was. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, it, it does feel vindicated because I did get back, but it's kind of looking back is a little bit frustrating for myself because I felt I was, I was, I wanted to be at that level earlier. It was always like, I want to play in the championship, I want to play in the championship, I want to, like, I know I can play there and it just didn't come. I had to work for it, which again is, has brought me here. So everyone's journey, you know, there's obviously, you know, there was life after West Brom, which, I, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't complain about. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a it was an interesting journey. Yeah, and then for Millwall, you went back to the West Midlands to to Shrewsbury, um, link up with Graham Turner again, I believe, and then yeah. sort of made a a decision. I'm guessing to go to to the US. I think you played nearly 100 games for Tampa Bay Rowdies. I'm sure yeah. there's no comparison between sort of the West Midlands and the sort of the sunshine of the US. But um, how did that sort of move move come about? Could you have stayed in England, or was it a chance to finish your career off? in the sort of sun and in playing in America? Yeah, I'd always wanted to play in America. I actually went, when I left West Brom, I actually went and I actually came over to the States and had um, and trained with New England Revolution, um, excuse me, on the East Coast. Um, and uh, Stevie Nicol was the manager with uh, Paul Mariner. So two like legends of English football. Um, and it just, it just, um, I didn't really, again, I was quite naive. I didn't really know the system. But again, I, I was kind of always interested in America, um, in the MLS. And um, my agent, who wasn't C at the time, said, oh, I can get you out there. So anyway, I went, I came out, um, trained a couple of days. Like Clint Dempsey was there at that point. Um, Taylor Tolman, there's some big names in US football. Soccer, I should say, at that point. Um, and uh, then like, I remember just thinking about like getting signed and I asked the boys about the contract and it was just the American model of you signed to the list, like you sign a four year, I think it was at that point, you sign a, like a, um, a contractor, but you're, you don't sign to the club, you sign to the league. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah. And they can trade you at any time. Like if they, if they don't want you, they can cut you. Like if they say you have to go to like, um, you know, Milwaukee, like then you got to go. Like, I'm like, well, if I want, I don't want to go. And they're like, oh, you, you just got to go. And I'm like, well, like, what happens with your contract? They're like, it doesn't matter. Like the league pay you. And I'm like, oh, what's the minimum? And I can't remember what it was back then, but it wasn't much at all. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like crazy. This is, I'm not sure this is the right thing for me to do. Anyway, I did my trial game, my trial, my trial there. And I spoke to Steven Nicker and this, again, the system is different. You're only allowed a certain amount of foreigners. And I was, um, would be like a, a, a like take it one of the foreign roster spots. Um, so anyway, long, again, long story short, he was like, you know, you've done really well. I think you have something, but if you were if you were coming out of the the college system here, if, you know, if you were in the draft, then like I would take you. I just don't think it's it's worth you coming out here right now. You, you're probably not going to go straight into the team. We we need the the like the the roster spot. We can't kind of give that to someone who's like inexperienced. Um, so you know can you go back home and play? And I was like, yeah, I'll go back home. And I kind of knew at that point, I just knew Hereford would take me. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that, that's how, how my kind of interest kind of peaked in the, in the U S originally kind of 10 years earlier. And then when I left Shrewsbury, um, 
I'd previously been at South End when I was at Millwall, so South End was potentially. I remember speaking to Phil Brown. Um, we got on pretty well um, from my time at South End. Um, that was an option. I had um, a coaching offer, um, which I seriously thought about from Kenny Jacket at Wolves, um, who was my gaffer at Millwall, um, and. Um, yeah, then the call from the U from the US came. I think a lot of people thought I was finished, to be honest, because of my knee. Um, I had, uh, I think, two surgeries on my left knee when I was at Millwall. And, um, yeah, again, I think people thought I was finished. We did the year at, did the year at Shrewsbury, we got relegated. And, um, like, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to move on. I was trying to get to, you know, go to a different club or, like, a, you know, a good, a better club in league in 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 League One or high level. There's quite a few clubs that in that at that time in League One who you know I felt I could play for. Um, but it was kind of the stigma of having like a knee injury and you know especially after after leaving Millwall, it was tough. Like everyone kind of presumed I was finished because um, I didn't play for such a long time. Um, and again, people thought like he's done. You know there was no. There was no kind of a, um, you know, recognition of what I'd done previously before my injury. Um, so yeah, after Shrewsbury, it was kind of a situation of oh, I'm speaking to Kenny Jacket and I'm going, oh, are you gonna are you gonna finish playing? Are you are you done? And I'm like, what are you talk, what do you mean? He's like, you know, the knee and all this stuff. I'm like, no, I'm I'm good, Gaffer. I'm like, I feel fine. Like I'm, you know, we didn't have a good year, but like I'm fine. Um, so okay, well, you know, um, I think you'd be a good coach, and you've got UA for B, haven't you? And I'm like, yeah, I've done that. Um, he's like, why don't you come and have a conversation with us about, you know, blah blah blah. Um, and I was like, uh, I was like, nah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna try and play gaffer. Um, anyway, I had, like literally a couple of days later, I called him back and said, oh, listen, I, 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 I need to. I think oh, that's a sound like a great opportunity for me. Um, like let's you know let's have that talk um, and then literally probably the next day I got a call from the States um, and it turns out when I was at Hereford and Orient Hereford and Orient a player called Stuart Campbell who was a Bristol Rovers kind of legend he was the manager he's just taken on the assistant role at the Tampa Bay Rowdies um, and he remembered me from Bristol and Orient because there's times where we played we used to play Bristol Rovers a lot especially at Hereford and um, I remember and he said he used to get the free not free agent like the free agent I'm saying free agent I can't remember what like, all the free transfer the players who were available you know the PFA yeah. list that all the free like the available players go on and I'd never signed it um, and that year at Shrewsbury I signed it um, and he said I got that list and I saw your name and I remembered you from Hereford and Orient um, and I thought, oh, he's he's a good quality player. We could do with him out here. So yeah, that was that. Got a call from the the chairman at the time out there, or the chief exec. Thought it was some like one of my mates taking a piss. Um, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and we're getting the call, and I'm next to my miss, and like this American guy comes down, and I'm like, someone's someone taking a piss, like saying like there's a team in Tampa, and like. The moment to play, and I'm, I'm like, okay, well, um, this is my agent's number. Like, call my agent and just, you know, whatever. Like, send me what he can do, basically. 
and then it came back and basically like yeah obviously it worked out what they sent wasn't that bad and it's pretty good so I was like uh, okay yeah let's uh, let's do it I always wanted to finish playing in the states and or playing in the sun at least um and I remember right up to the right up to the flight I was thinking like someone's gonna put like this is not real like someone's gonna like pull the plug here or like call me and go ah they're only joking um just it just didn't feel real like just playing football in in Florida um you know um like obviously in the sun by the beaches and like it just didn't seem real and then obviously it was um and yeah I had a good like good few years out there yeah yeah and then that come to an end and what's life been like sort of after after football just judging from what I've sort of found in my research still sort of evolved involved around sport or athletes and stuff like that what what, what do you do now uh, Tamika what's your what's your um, job yeah so we moved to we moved to California when I retired uh when I've done with the rowdies um felt there'd be more opportunities in California so I've been training um, I'm a performance trainer or like strength coach we train uh like NFL athletes NBA guys uh some major league baseball guys, um, no, like normal general population as well. But yeah, um, the the kind of main training, the the biggest population of uh, athletes that we train are like NFL and uh, NBA athletes. So um, I kind of got involved with that as soon as I came out here. I was coaching like soccer, football, um, and training um, the like college athletes. To who are going into the draft, the NFL draft. That's how I kind of got into the role. Um, so I kind of started doing that with um, with um, the gym I'm currently at, Proactive Sports Performance, and I was coaching soccer at the same time. And now um, I do soccer performance sessions and one-on-ones and coaching alongside that. So it all it's all under under one envelope right now, under one um, umbrella. Um, so we kind of train NFL athletes. NBA guys are coming in now soon because the season's kind of ending. We've got, we do uh, train that, those guys for the draft. So they'll go into for the combine and then they'll go into the draft. So, um, and then we'll have uh, the more, like the NFL guys will basically come, they'll go away for a break. They'll go back to training for a little bit. Then they'll come back to us and they'll go back for the season. Uh, the NBA guys come from college. They'll, They'll do combine training, do the combine, then get drafted. The same with the NFL. The kids coming from uh, college who are going into the NFL. So yeah, it's it's um, it's something that I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very passionate about. It's it's something that I've kind of wanted to do since moving to the states. I was just intrigued with how these players train for different sports and um, got my foot in the door and yeah, still going. Yeah, it sounds absolutely absolutely fascinating. Just. Just finally, we've, we've we've touched a lot on your, your Albion career and sort of how it went and your post career and that. How how do you look back? I know you mentioned you said there, you know, sort of frustrated, but how how do you look back on that time at Albion? And just one question to go along with that: you you, you came at like fifteen, sixteen to West Brom, where I'm sure, you know, the traditional path for a lot of youngsters is coming in a lot earlier. Do you think that? Do you think that helped? You go on to play sort of nearly 500 professional games, and do you think you had a bit, a little bit more drive, maybe because you'd have you'd come into it so late, you know, and by sort of pushing it yourself, really sending out them letters to various different clubs. Do, do you feel that sort of helped helped you really go on and have you know a very successful football league career? Mm. Yeah, I think you know to be honest, I, I have. Um, although I, I was frustrated by the end of it, um, West Brom, you know, I loved it. It was. It's some of our best times in football, actually. You know, being in the youth team and just 
kind of just being in that environment and you with you know I'm still friends like my closest friends are are you know the boys from Albion to be honest they're the ones who I keep in contact with now like so you know you I made friends for life um you know good good people um and it was it was just it was so much fun you know you 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 you're getting paid to play um you know you're at a big club you're you're going through all these things with 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 you know threat like you're really close with these these guys and um you know getting to to learn your craft and so yeah overall my time at Albion was was amazing like I, I wouldn't change it that's that's really my footballing education that you know you know all the coaches I mentioned before they gave me that's you know especially John and Rich they kind of they they taught me how to play the game you know they that the the, the core values that I have as a defender and as a player and my view on football is ultimately because from what they taught me um you know how to you know how to play how to defend you know um you know how i look look upon the game um ultimately they that's what they instilled in me i am a product of of you know that era of of that youth team um so yeah like you know it it was it was amazing um no no nothing bad to say in terms of you know that side of it it's just as you you know, you look back and are a little bit frustrated. I remember being frustrated when I left, for sure. Um, but uh, the whole experience was incredible. Um, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, I came to it later. I think that definitely helped me in terms of my drive. I, you know, I think you see kids who, especially now, go to academy so young. And then, you know, you're talking about seven, eight, nine. And by the time they're, they're 16, they're done. They're like, I'm, I've been doing this for, you know, five, six years now. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm bored. Like, I'm... Uh, like I'm worn out, I'm I have no motivation anymore. So for me, that's that's that definitely helped me. Like not going in too early and not kind of, you know, not saying everyone does this, but thinking that I've made it at like 12 or 13 by being with a big big club, thinking like my path was already written. It was definitely like, you know, oh shoot, I, I you know, I've got a chance here. And like I know I'm not at that level yet of some of these other kids, but I know that. I've got a high top end potentially. Um, I've got a lot of room to grow where some of these kids are already, they're already topped out. I know I can go um, further than them simply because I haven't been exposed to it yet. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm ready to like learn. So yeah, it, it 100% helped me, 100%. And I think you'll, you'll see that's quite a common thread with players who come to the game late is that, you know, they do have that motivation to, to succeed and, and fight and, and you know, take the chance because they, you know, they've had to they've had to wait for it. They've had to work a little bit harder for it. Yeah, fantastic! Such an insight and and fascinating on your time at Albion and and what you what you're doing now. Thank you very much for that, Tamika. Really appreciate your your time to talk about Albion. No worries. I really enjoyed it.